Hey, what's going on? It is episode 263 of the Hey My Man podcast. This is Dave. This is Ben. I don't know how much longer we have to do the Hey I, How did we even come across this? Like where we say, uh, this is Dave and this is Ben. I think it's because we wanted to make sure we gave some sort of an idea to we people that to were just, new listeners. We used to just do a cold opening. We were like, let's say the name of the show and who we are. Because that's pretty, you know, that's pretty basic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is the most basic. We'll start the show with the name of it, and then the people that are talking will say who they are. I guess, yeah. Well, so I mean, for now, all you new listeners, uh, I'm Dave. I feel like this. I feel like at <laughs> this point, way down the line, uh, in episode 263, with the amount of fanfare, it just feels weird to keep telling, forcing my name down people's throat. I mean, they know, right? You no, know, I say it proudly. It feels good. All right. It's the two seconds a week. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, last week we talked about a poll or we ha- we ran a poll where we were asking people or excuse me, you put a question out there where you asked people like, hey, in these divisive times, like what brings us together? Yeah. And somebody uh, said something that, and I'm just going to go off of it. They said, we can all agree that anybody who yells at a maitre d' or a waiter or someone that works at a restaurant when Something is not in that person's control is a jerk. Okay. Yeah. That's about, that was the gist of it. I referenced, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I did reference, uh, this colossal nachos thing that happened a long time ago (laughs) and you could look up the episode. It's called colossal nachos that we did a long time ago. I'm not going to, because you know what? It's, I just feel like I, I, I get viscerally upset when I talk about it. But there's been so many more colossal nacho-esque incidents in my life that have come and gone since then. But I failed to bring it up because every it was it was very polarizing the story that we told, and uh, I feel like why tell another one? Well, I have felt like why tell another one when I've already drawn a line in the sand and you know people have already made their decision about me based on my stance when it came to colossal nachos. So just in summary. The story came about myself, Ben, and another guy were out. We were at a bar late night. Uh, they were The kitchen was closing or closed. We asked if they could make nachos or the waitress said, yeah, we can make nachos. She maybe suggested it. So I was like, okay, we'll get the colossal nachos, which is what they were called. And the she brought them to the table. They were they, called the fair to Midland nachos and you requested <laughs> to make them colossal. They were called colossal. The lady brought them to the table. They were not colossal. Uh, They were very pathetic. And she walked away. Now, the argument that Ben had at the time was I ate them like I'd never eaten food before in my life. Uh, So I didn't have time to complain. I was so hungry. We had had some drinks and it was the end of the night. We're like, let's have some food. But then she came back around and asked, how did you feel about the nachos? And I replied, because she asked, I didn't offer it, <laughs> that the nachos were terrible and they, the presentation was garbage and they tasted like shit. And then I said to her, who made these? And she said, I did. And, she's, and I said, well, you're the waitress. So, you know, in fairness to you, mm. you're not a cook and they should not let waitresses make the food. That should be left to the kitchen people. And she said, well, the kitchen was closed and I was kind of doing a favor for throwing these nachos together. And I said, you did no one a favor. That's, that's the long and short of it. <laughs> yeah. You actually did us a, a, not a good favor. And in yeah. fact, I went and did a Yelp about how shitty yeah. the nachos So were. you ate all of them. But and I left her like, name on I really disliked all that stuff I just ate. However, which we, if you've ever waited tables, you understand is uh, not exactly tantamount to a cardinal sin. But for, for someone to go... Okay, when you come to the table and you go, okay, okay, great, guys. Uh, how's everybody doing? How, how was everything? It's like when somebody says, hey, man, how's it going? Or when You'd, someone says, do you want to see a picture of my children? How are you? How's your day going? The only acceptable answer is good, always good. That's the answer. So when you come to the table and say, how was your food? You expect good, always good. 
and you gave her the realness. And right. she was like, okay, I understand why they're so bad. That must have been why you ate them all. I don't think she said that. You no, did. No, in you, her you, head. You butted in and were like, to jump to her defense yeah. and said, well, if they were so bad, it didn't stop you from, from eating them all. <laughs> now, yeah. myself and the other guy ate them as Ben probably only had a couple. We definitely yeah. scarfed them down because that was all that was there. But I, she asked me for my opinion. I gave her my opinion. Now. Yeah. But you gave <laughs> now her that your I opinion. All uh, that, you asked me for my opinion. Yeah. I gave you my opinion. But she didn't really want it, is what you don't understand. Yeah. You don't understand that because you never waited tables. That could be the case. It's but a courtesy question. Here's it's the thing. like, how's your day? My day's well. What happened? Um, uh, my dad died earlier. Yeah, but my day's fine, though. I'm not going to burden you with my misfortune. Not to, not, not to make it, you know. I'm not trying to justify this, but we were lighthearted with her. She was not super offended by it at any means as far as like no, what I yeah. remember at the time. So I it was like know. a ha I was in I like- still did, though, go and put a bad Yelp after the fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, but I didn't mention her name. And we made a cartoon of it. Nathan made a cartoon of That's it. That's right. It's still great. Uh, so, yeah, Ben's brother took the audio from the po- that episode of the podcast. Maybe we'll put it back up on the Facebook. And he, he, did, uh, he put it to Dr. Katz, mm-hmm. an episode of Dr. Katz. So with that being said, um, I'm back. Said that. I'm back. You're with back. With my complaining about you're customer back. service. So because I saw that on our Facebook page, and I said, you're right. If they had nothing to do with it, it was not their fault. They shouldn't get yelled at. However, that opens up this other category. To a customer of, disservice? It is their fault, and they do deserve it. How about that? Is there, an op- is there a time when they do deserve it? Are you saying you're bringing back the segment of customer disservice? Yes, Nice. Yeah. And I've had so many bad experiences in the last couple weeks, uh, starting with, I you ever use the, Home Depot has this thing, and I don't know if it started when uh, coronavirus hit, but you can do like a curbside service. So if you order something that can't be, that needs to be like, say you order it from Home Depot online, they don't have it in the store. Um when it comes, they'll send you an email and they'll say, hey, if you pull up in one of the first six slots and they're all numbered. Yeah. Um, and then you get there and you let us know, we'll walk it out to you. And mm-hmm. that way you don't even have to get out of your car. Yeah. I'm so, aware of it. I don't use it. I went to Home Depot and I got uh, a shower door for my basement and it's supposed to come in three parts and they only gave me two of those parts. So I got home and it was a big ordeal and I realized there's a third part missing, which was a small box. So I called back and I said, hey. You gave me two of the three. Here's the order number. And she said, oh, yep, it's here. Uh, you can. Are you outside now? And I said, no, I'm home eating, but I'll come after I'm done. At this point, she never says anything else. This is like 7.30 at night. or It's like, no, maybe it's like 5.30 or 6. Mm. And she never says anything about uh, when not to come anymore, what's too late. She just says, okay, when you're done eating, just come and get it and call mm. us. And you know, when you do the same thing with the app and we'll bring it out. Mm. So I get there and I pull into the slot after I'm done eating. And it's it's like at seven, I think maybe. And I'm texting. Nothing's happening. I'm texting again. Nothing's happening. I'm not getting out of the car because, you know, A, you made the mistake the first time. You told me to do this. And uh, I text and text and text. Nothing's happening. And finally, about 15 minutes later, a lady walks out to my car and says, uh, walks right up to it and says, Sorry, sir, uh, if you're texting about getting stuff brought out to your car, we stopped doing that an hour ago. You know, that service is only good till six. Store's still open. Curbside's yeah. done. Yes. And so I said, so what then? And she said, well, I got to get out of your car and you got to come get it yourself yeah, or else come you can come in. or you can come tomorrow mm-hmm. and we could do this curbside thing as long as it's before this time. But you're, you're, you're there. So, yeah. So I got out of the car. I put my mask on. Okay. Oh, I this. followed this lady in. And she walked right over to the uh, the service counter where I had to walk. And I then gave her my information and she gave me the, the little box. And I said to the lady, I said, so let me get this right. You got my text that said <laughs> I wanted this little box. Yeah. And you said the curbside was over. And she said, yeah, curbside was over. Then I, But I didn't know that because just, you didn't, you didn't text me back. To clarify, you were informed that curbside was done via text. No, no, I was not. I I texted three times with no response. After waiting 15 minutes after the third time, so I was there probably 22 minutes, 
A you lady could have, came you could out. Have had your box. Probably. A lady came out. But the first time when I did do curbside, they didn't respond right away. So and it was a bit, it was busy. So I'm like, oh, it probably takes a little. And I'd never done it before. Right, right. So I followed this lady in, and I gave her my information. I said, I'm here to pick this up. That same lady that walked out to my car turned around and handed me a box the size of, I don't know, half of a shoebox size, with my product in it. And I said, let me get this straight. So you got three texts. You knew which product I was here to pick up because it was the one I spoke to you on the phone with about. And she said, yeah. And I said, you never responded to the text. Yet at some point you were so annoyed that I continued to text. You walked out to my car right up to the window (laughs) and knocked on the window and told me that curbside was no longer available and I'd have to come in. And I said, yeah. Yeah. And I said, why didn't you just walk out? The product at that point in time, we both could have been yeah. done. That's good customer service. Well, I mean, and she no. said curbside service was done at that point. It's that's not the way they do it. But nothing else had to be done. She's like, sir, curbside service is done. We can't just be walking up to cars after the time frame is closed. But she did though. And then she walked up to the car to <laughs> right. tell you that. Right. But you know what? It's a slippery slope, as they say. She brings you a box. Next thing you know, at 2 a.m., she's got to bring bring two sheets of 5.8s. But why why not just leave me waiting out there until finally I get so mad, I huff and puff and slam the door down and come inside. And then she would say, I could tell you that, but company policy says after this time for for our safety and yours, I can't come in. If If you would look at the sign that you're parked in front of, it tells you clearly that it's over at this time. But you didn't, though. You walked all the way outside with your smug ass to tell me there was no curbside and then it was like you don't know those shows where you go in and the guy it's like a uh a clerk and they go you have to talk to the mayor and i'm like where's the mayor they go over here and they open up another door and it's the same guy and he goes i'm the mayor now it was that same it was was, was the exact in my office it was was the same scenario he switches his hat most ignorant thing ever yeah oh i love that Instead of texting you and saying, sorry, curbside picture time is done. She walked out with, without the box. To yeah. Tell you. That's what I'm saying. Now here's the thing. <laughs> she, it may be that the, the computer goes down or she's not even able to respond back after a certain time. She could see the incoming messages, but it doesn't allow her, but she didn't explain. Maybe she any didn't see anything. Maybe she just saw a car parked out there and said, I bet this guy's waiting for something. No, because when I came in, she knew I was the guy coming for that specific item. Nobody else had called. You know what? The whole thing is... It'd been an hour. She probably... Whatever. I'm just saying... Yeah. This is the kind of thing we're dealing with. It's like, you're yeah. going to take the time to come out there. You, it was a... It was a Why it did you take opt a for curbside in the first place? Because she told me to. When I called back, she goes, just pull up. I mean, and, ever. Oh, uh, well, the shower door was extreme. It was like a big glass... It's double glass door, so I didn't want to have to carry it out. They you bring it out it on a, a... They bring it out on like a... You know, one of those big wheelie carts. Okay. So, and I was with a guy who had a, a truck and they just put it right in the truck for us. I, see. I didn't want to break it. Cause I'm like, if I break it in the store, then I have to, it's better I'm off out that they break yeah, it. Yeah. Let them break it. I had to carry it out when I got home. So in addition to that, uh, another, another recent one was at and the same place. That reminds me of like a drive-through, like come around, like you're waiting at the drive-through and they go turn, come through. You come through to the window. It's like 2am. You, you know, you got a few pops in you. You don't know what's open, what's not. They tell you to come around, and then when you get to the window, they go, "Yeah, drive-through's not open." Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. That's the best. I, I had gone there earlier for the shower door days before they texted me, and they said, "Your shower door's here." Part of me thinks this all happened because of your behavior during the colossal nachos. So I, before I ever even opted for the drive-up, this will kind of explain that. I the first day I got the text that said, "Hey, your it was like a week." Your shower door is in. So I go to the store and I say, I'm waiting in line. I get up to the front. I go, hey, I got a text message or an email here. It says my shower door's in. And they go, what's the number? And I tell them it's, you know, one, two, three, four, five. They go, yeah, it's showing in our computer. It's not, uh, it's not ready for pickup. I said, but I got an email. It says it's here. And they said, yeah, it's in the store, but it's in the back stock room. It takes a couple days to unpack it and get it mm-hmm. into a place. And then it's actually ready for, you know, to be taken out of the store. They send you an email to know that. Pretty soon it'll be ready. I didn't understand that, but then that's Uh, what they were explaining to me. And at that point, I, that's what really irked me because I was like, well, okay, well here, I'm here though. Now Yeah. go dig through whatever you got to dig through to get it out. But they were, they were unyielding. So I didn't have a problem when I came back sitting in the 
Also, when can you, you say you cancel my online order? I'm just gonna go grab. No, it. my wife wanted those shower doors. I wasn't. Uh, no, I mean you get them. You just go. It's not online anymore. I'm just gonna go back and grab them. <laughs> they they were in a truck. They but they must be like, hey, we only have guys to unload that truck two days. That's a week. That's when you call your homie who with a forklift <laughs> yeah. experience, and I take all that shit <laughs> he, off. He there. just comes in with a bobtail semi, locks up to it, and drives it over to my house dude, with everything else dude, inside. Dude, you ever see me in a forklift? It's like, <laughs> like you ever see you know you ever see an artist paint canvas? Yes. That's what it looks like. Like you ever see LeBron just just tower over people and dunk right? No, I am not. And his groin region is right in their face when he dunks. That's what it looks and feels like when I drive a forklift. I had a recent. I I don't know if I want to do this or not. I might blur. (laughs) I might blurt out the the name because yeah. Somebody had suggested to me that there's a new restaurant downtown. In Crown Point, Indiana. You, you guys in your rest, not this, n- nary, nary a, a slice of bread gets served in this region without you and your wife showing up and making sure you've tasted it. That's what we like to do. I don't like to do much, you know. But this is something that I find she, one restaurant, and that's where I go. That's what the kind of person I am. This is the kind of person she is, and I get yeah. dragged along. So uh, let me ask you about this. Let me, let me see if you get your, your take for the on one this place. I've been we, we drive down to this uh, this Ricochet Taco, which is on the square. I guess they have one in Valpo too. Thought that was a Valpo place. Yeah, they have one in Crown Point now oh, too. Very nice. Um, so it's like the hot new thing. It's a uh, an artistic take on tacos i guess oh you didn't like it when it was called jefe tacos no all of a sudden it's a thing i didn't like it then and i'm not gonna like it now okay uh so i'm just gonna get up front and tell you i didn't it didn't turn out well the food wise i I didn't didn't care for it so it's it's they have another branch in crown point there's a valpo one and a crown point one so this but the the restaurant is really nice looking it's clean inside everything's brand new but we got there, and there's a huge line out front, and they tell us it's an hour and a half wait. What? So the I, you know, immediately steam's coming out of my ears. I'm like, let's let's get out of here. No, this it's, it's a deal breaker. An hour it's a, a deal breaker. And my wife's like, well, we already came here, and she always pulls the same argument. She's like, by the time we leave and we get somewhere else and we go there, it'll be a half hour wait. It's gonna be the same. She does this weird math. I I don't even understand. Right, I get it. Okay. So she's like, hey, let's go. Uh, and you know this is this this is irritating to no end. Let's go uh, to another place and have cocktails and an entree, drinks or, and appies, an app appetizer yeah. prior to. <laughs> yes, so she did. We we go to uh, another place down the street called she Tavern on Main. A way to be extra, which you've you've performed at this I've place. Performed before. at Tavern, and lovely so establishment. We go in there. We have a couple beer. They let us right in. We have a couple beers, and you said uh, you knew me then. You just like nobody's just like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm not had, saying drop the name, but drop the I name. I think we had like a appetizer, like uh, some sort of a dip and chips. They're gonna pretend like they don't know me. Just keep walking, have a seat. Yeah, they did pretend like they didn't. know Yeah, me no, that's sure. like that's like the thing. They're like, ah, oh, we're gonna do this funny joke, you know. So we wait. Now I gave them my wife's I'll phone pay, number. Oh, it tabs time. on me too. It's on me, and they're gonna be like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? They're gonna play it off. So you may they end did up that. I ended up paying. That's, that's yeah. There, there are a bunch of characters over there. So. I gave them my wife's phone number because whenever we go to the places like this, she tries to give my phone number. I'm like, don't give my phone number. You give mm. your phone number. I'll give my phone number when it's my turn. So now I give hers. I don't want to be responsible for the phone call. You wanted to go get the tacos. We're sitting there. We're eating. And hour and a half goes by. Is it on no the call. square, by the way? Is yeah. It like in the, yeah, in it's the... just, it's like 90 degrees. Okay. That place hasn't gotten any bigger. How do new restaurants keep opening? Something closed, I guess. I don't know what was there before. Now they're down to 17 antique shops. How's that going to fly? <laughs> I don't know. So an hour and a half, we go back to this place. It's like like now 930. And Ready for dinner. There's half the people are gone. It's, it's half empty. So we walk in there like, hey, you forgot to call us. And the lady goes, no, I didn't forget to call you. And I'm like, well, we didn't get the call. And she's like, well, I called you, so I don't know what to tell you. And <laughs> so she goes, what's the name? Now another girl's up there. We're looking. And she put the wrong phone number in. She was she put a zero at the end of my wife's phone number instead of a uh, whatever the number Oof. is. So her argument stands right that she heard the number incorrectly or she typed it in incorrectly. Now she also has extremely long fingered like those like decorative fingernails. There's the problem. So my wife right away is like, well, if she didn't have these yeah. fingernails. She would have put the number in right. Yeah. Or where everyone's wearing masks. So it, I could see maybe my the. She she thought she heard me say one number. Sure, it was a different yeah. number. 
I'm not going to sit out there for an hour and a half. Well, those but, nails are a problem. And it's not that the 90s R&B group SWV didn't have big hits. It's just that that money wasn't enough to tide them over forever. So you got to get a job at CP. Right, right. So All I, those things. So I said to the lady, I go, knees. clearly we've already eaten. And that appetizer that we had and the beer, the one beer I had, I'm full now. I'm not even interested in eating because this is something that a fat guy, all fat people listen let me tell you something. Mm. If you eat a little bit and then you wait, you're full. See, the way us fat people think is mm. when we get to food, we eat as much as we possibly can for a straight half hour until we feel full. But that's not really what's supposed to happen. See, if you eat slow and then your brain has time to understand that you ate and catch up with your body, then it goes, that's enough. We're good. That's like what I do with pizza. I go, I can get a few more pieces in before my brain says, ouch. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So by the time we're there, I already tell my wife. And so this might be unfair to this place, but yeah. I already said, I'm not interested. I don't want the chips. I don't want the elote. I don't want the taco. She's like, well, we'll split it. I'm like, of course we will. Well, we plus have to you're pumped choice. about tasting what this. Everybody's right. talked about how good it tastes. Once you're no longer hungry, things don't taste as good. No, they just don't. Definitely. I, no, I was full. I had one beer and dip and chips, and I was full. Think about like when you're in the summer and you're like you're mowing the lawn. I mean, like you know, I have people who do that for me. But like, say I mow my own lawn still. Say I was one of those people. Um, when you're hot and thirsty, or you go for a long run. Somebody hands you an ice cold water. Nothing's ever tasted that good. Sure. It's so good. You know what I mean? I've done like those five Ks or halves or whatever. Where they like, oh, you get a free token for a beer after the thing. And it's like, I don't want to be, I need water. I want cold water and it's going to be so good. Um, that's how it is, you know, but then if somebody gives you two bottles of water, you no longer are like, I'm, you know, just yeah, no, uh, takes the fun out. And of also it. on an average day, like you're like, water's not, doesn't taste that great. So if you're not in the mood for yes. it. You've already, you know, whatever. You're not parsed anymore We for had, tacos. We had an ahi tuna taco. That's silly. We had a steak taco with some schmutzy on. I don't even know what it was. And then we had a fried chicken taco. Omar listening. So, um, again, I would say the fried chicken taco was decent. The ahi taco, uh, I wouldn't. No. Hell no. That's disgusting. And the steak taco, by the time I even bit into my half of that thing, I was extremely full. Now, understand my wife makes me always split food with her. (laughs) She picks my plate. And then she picks her plate, and then yeah. she eats half of her food, or she eats a quarter of her food. I like that about her. I think it's great. Well, somebody actually was bitching about this the other day. Like, can you? Be- they they were out with another couple, and the guy was saying, "Can you believe this pussy?" His wife ordered for him. He didn't. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I was about to tell him, "Hey, my wife does the she same." She orders to- for you. My wife orders for me. Yes, because I just I'm like wow. you know I don't even I don't even look at the menu. She doesn't is ask this, me. This she, is before she tucks you in at night and gives you a bow bow. She doesn't ask me what I want. She you, says, she says I, she orders or for you. Yeah, she'll say, what are you thinking about having? And I used to do this trick where I would tell her I'm not really sure all the way up until the waitress came. Then I would make, I'd say, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and order. And she would go to me and the waitress would look at me and I'd say, you know what? I got to think about it again. And then I'd switch to my wife so she wouldn't know. It'd be a surprise. And then I would order the same thing as my wife ordered, no matter what. I understand. So therefore, she couldn't have half of my food. I understand her plotting and saying like, hey, what if we both get these things and then we can split them half these? That's different than being like, oh, he'll have the ahi tuna tacos. That's what happens. See, and here's why. That's because amazing. I defer to her because I say, I don't, she will say, what do you think about having? And I'll say, oh, uh, I really like, uh, I don't know, the fried chicken looks good. She'll go, mm. I was really hoping you would get the wow. XYZ and I would get this and then we would share. So you even tell her what you want. And she's like, don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think hundred percent works for me. hundred <laughs> percent. So uh, that's delicious. Here's the thing. That's nice. Again, as a fat guy, I'll eat whatever. I'm really not that picky. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, it's variety is the spice of life. I won't life. sit here and listen to you call yourself. This is <laughs> variety is the spice of life. So it's true. Uh, as much as I as much as I hate it, it's probably best if you have a little of everything. Except she'll order some shit I really have no interest in getting, and then I have to have half of that. So that that's that's a little annoying. Anyway, so when the lady told us what the phone number she called was, my first reaction was to say, "Okay, 
clearly we waited an hour and a half. Now you don't know we went somewhere else and had the appetizer and the drinks. Right. As far as you're concerned, we've been standing outside with our thumbs up, our respective asses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she did not care. She was just like, okay, uh, we have an opening here. And I was like, well, what are, what are we going to do here about this? And she's like, what do you, we have what a are you spot. expecting to be done? Uh, I don't know. Free chips. Compensation. Yeah. Free chips. Hey, welcome. This is a brand new restaurant. We're trying to launch. Would you like a free thing of chips or a lote or we, we get you an appetizer. We're sorry about the fact that you waited a half hour, get an hour and a half. Yeah. No, that'd be nice. That'd be a nice gesture. So thank you. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I just feel, I'm not asking for a full free ride, but what I am saying no, is. No, but you're going is like you really, in, we, we, we didn't want to wait an hour dude, and a half. it's an hour and a half. We cared so much that we waited, we waited that long. Even, and even that didn't pan out. Even if she drew a line in the sand and said, look, you talked through a mask. I believed I heard you correctly. I wrote down the number I thought you said. She apologized? So, no, no apology. Now see, there's the real. No, it was, it was like this thing where it's like, well, hey, we really can't. We don't know where to put the blame on Did this. Did she go, hey, man? <laughs> no, she didn't. A lot of people hear a lot of stuff, man. It was it was brutal. So I probably would have liked Did her voice go up when she explained better. it? Did she go, see, I thought. She didn't you explain said it at all. zero? She pointed to when, it with her pointy finger. Really? Yeah. She wasn't like, oh, you said a four? Because I heard a six. Nope. With that condescending, like, oh. Like, I mean, I would like to say that she did that so I could paint a picture of how how annoying and irritating, more irritating the situation. I'm picturing Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec. Be like, I just wrote the wrong number down. And you're like, yeah, I mean, we wait an hour and a half. It's like, I, I hear you. Do you want ahi tuna or do you guys just want to F yourself? At the end of the day, this is what happens. We're here now. This is the attitude yeah. I got. So now we're here. It's 930. Are you still interested in some tacos and some elote or are we going to... Maybe come back another day. This is a hot chick attitude. Like, I oh, yeah. I don't need you here. <laughs> yes. If you sure. want to leave, that's cool. It's less tacos. I just don't get it. And I, I don't want to be that the old guy saying, oh, customer, sir. I don't care. That's I'm glad you don't want to be that guy. I, I finally have you agreeing with me on this situation. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, I mean, where on do we that go from one, here? On that one, I mean, that. I think you at least go... Oh my gosh, we called the wrong one. I'm super sorry. Thank you guys for waiting around. I, if I was you, I would have left. Our bad. Let us do something. It will make it right somehow. Mm. We'll let the manager know that we messed up. He might be a little unhappy with us, but he'll certainly throw you a case of Dia. You know what's interesting? It's gonna have like, um, it's gonna have like some sort of like weird. Um, it already had butternut squash, and how much weirder can it be? It's gonna have like imitation <laughs> imitation crab meat, and and what I mean is like chicken. That's dressed up like crab meat. Yes. Like it's doing an imitation. What I found it's was weird. It's got glasses is, and a mustache. How many of these restaurants do you have where the, the, the over enthusiastic manager comes around and like has to ask you how you're doing? How's everything going? How's I, I like, I get, oh my God, I, I get, yeah. they should, every manager should do that for the first six months, three months, whatever. This was nobody. It was like, that guy probably was like, no, I, the manager went home an hour and a half ago when every realistic person was done eating dinner. There was why are you still here? Whoever's yeah. staying around till nine thirty, we could give you whatever service you want because you're on the square and you're probably intoxicated. You're looking for you'll they probably looked at the line cook and they were like, "Hey, you owe me ten bucks." They came back, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I told you, like nobody thought they would. So I do also want to talk about. Uh, I did a poll on Instagram on our Instagram page. Uh, team Ben or Team Dave, which I do every, I try to do it like every quarter. I did one. Um, I did not see it on Instagram. I, I, so it's yeah, going to be a vote again, short. Whatever. I, oh, did I, I win dominate, I dominated the Team Dave on Instagram, but you didn't see it. You're going to call bullshit on it. But I do want to talk. I don't call bullshit. You dominated on Instagram? I did on the Instagram. The place where I don't go and have no followers and don't care about Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> the... The place where like real people don't know me. That's we did a. I put up a secondary one. So last month, how, I, that, how, I, how did the one with real people pan I, out? That's interesting. Last month, I asked everybody if they were to leave town in a hurry and need either myself or you to do an Uncle Buck takeover of their children and their 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 children's lives for you know however long they were out of town, who would they choose? And I I clearly walked away with the victory. On what that did you do? Where was I? You were being dominated. You did now, a poll that said, who's better to raise your kids? I said an Uncle Buck weekend. You were involved in this. Y- your kids would vote for me in that one. No. 
Oh, oh my god, are you serious? No. Oh my god, they'd be like, "You want pancakes for breakfast?" Like, you, you want? Oh, I'm sorry, breakfast for dinner? I'd be like, "Yeah, no problem. That's fine. I'll make you." They bacon. would be like, "Ben is making me do a weird science project again. I just want to be left alone to watch The Office." Uh, so mm, your kids would vote for me. So this time, I put uh, instead of just doing the straight team Ben or team. They're gonna be like, "Hey, uh, this was gonna make a collect call." And they're like, "Dad, Ben hasn't yelled at us all day. Can you come get us?" <laughs> Nobody screamed at us. They're like Ben is forcing us to sing with him on Instagram with his guitar, <laughs> and he, it's a really, really sensitive song. And our, you know, they're gonna thinks, be like, "Hey, Ben asked me if I uh, wanted to mow the lawn. He said if not, that's cool. He didn't even throw any monkey wrenches at me. So somebody come get me." And then he, we just made him mow the lawn instead. Yeah, they're like it, we, he just said he would do it. That's fine. <laughs> So this month or this time, I put we all up a played poll. homemade board games together. We had a great time. Can you come get us? That would my kids would not not want that. But anyway, this time I put. Dude, I'd convert them like Baptists. If some, <laughs> if you, I, the question was, if you were taken, yeah. a la the movie Taken. I don't. First of all, I don't think your first poll even happened. Who That's would? That's not even a real thing. Who would you want to call and expect to come yeah. save you? I understand ben, you being thirsty and I understand dead. why you're still parched and it's okay. It's fine. And uh, a bunch of people chose you for the weirdest reasons possible. I'm just saying. Nobody, I'm just, nobody, I, nobody said I choose Ben because he's super badass and tough and I know he could take out terrorists. They mm-hmm. were like... Because I know in your mind you think that's why people are voting for you. Nobody voted for me. Here's what I'm saying. Well, I think it was you're, 11 you're, to 20. You're lucky you got you. four family members in the group, all right? <laughs> this would have been a real trouncing of which we'd never seen before. And I did zero marketing for it. Zero marketing. I barely I barely paid Facebook to push out stuff for me. Barely. You, you can go back and look, and most people reference the fact that they felt that I, I would be annoyed by them even asking, so they wouldn't ask me. The That's only right. reason they asked you is because they believe that you would take their phone call. Well, when the only criteria is will he show up, and they're like, Ben will. <laughs> Yeah, so, that's hey, you know what? In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Very true. Very true. Try. So yeah. you can, you can. I, want, I thought you wanted to accept your uh, accept your victory. With, yeah, I just want to say for all the people out there that voted, um, you guys, you guys uh, were all right. <laughs> you were all correct about it. Now here's the thing: they didn't even they didn't even mention my physical prowess. No, they didn't. They didn't even mention that. That's like that's an untapped resource. Is it though? Had I? Or did they not mention it had for it, a purpose? Had that topic been broached about like, hey, do you understand he can run for hours without stopping? I would have gotten I would have gotten more of your family members. What if what if the criteria that they needed was hand strength? And they know I've been training ad nauseum. All right. If it's if it's hand strength, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pick up some of the weight. Mm. You're gonna mm-hmm. do better if it's hand strength. But uh yeah, no, I don't like to gloat. I don't like to gloat. I'll let uh you know what I mean. Let, until next time. I'll let, yeah. Until next time. I don't like to be divisive. In these times, I like to be... That's what you say. That's I like to sure. unite people. I was trying to think of a present tense of uniting, and it just didn't come to me. A present tense of uniting? Yeah. Uniting. Yeah, so it just didn't come to me at the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't like to be divisive. I think uh, it makes sense that you guys all should vote for me. You but. know what I think would bring everybody together? If we talk about the the big... Don't you dare say Stinking electric guitar... <sighs> In the room. Yeah. Not mine. Yeah. The smoking. But the one that went to heaven. The smoking, blistering riffs and the milkshake thick tones that will no longer be with us. What do you, what do you, you're a guitar player. You're referring to anything. I'm a guitar player. Uh, I play guitar. So I ask you, um, you know, what kind of, if any impact did Eddie Van Halen have? Was he even? Was it even something you? Was was it even relevant? Like, I, did you get Guitar Magazine and say, "Oh, well, I'm going to learn how to play," you know, "Eruption," and then give up because no. it was too difficult? What is that French lady that cooked and then Amy Adams may have played her in a film? Oh, she makes like duck l'orange or something. Yeah, I forget. I forget what her name. Okay, is. Uh, Bob Ross, the guy with the afro that paints. <laughs> These are. Bob Ross is super dope. Though. So is Van Halen. Van Halen, for me, being sheltered... You're talking about Eddie or the band? Mm, Let's the, just focus on... The band on... first. Okay. That group, for me, being pretty sheltered as a kid, wasn't really on the menu. I just associated it with I-Rocks. 
I associated it with T-tops. I associated it with wild hair and dudes that wanted to smash beer cans on their head and, and hang out with my sister. <laughs> um, I associated that because it for sure what was always playing. Mm, chest hair. Oh, dude. Like ridiculous sunglasses. Right. Um, people doing the splits when they're wildly unnecessary. Um, so I always knew that guy playing guitar is amazing. But similar to that lady making Duck LaRange, I just didn't care. You're talking about Julia Childs? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and I don't even she's, think she's Duck not Lor- French. Is Duck LaRange a thing? I don't know. But that's French. Okay. She's not. Are you sure she's not French? Yeah, and I think it was Meryl Streep. Is she British? There. No. Did I get any part of that right? <laughs> I don't think so. All right, listen. The she point was is, a chef. <laughs> you ever see someone who's really good at something, but it doesn't mean anything to you? Pele. Yes. Yes, that's a good example. That's a good example. Um. Van Halen was that. It was like I would hear it and I'll go, that guy shreds. Clearly, everyone knows he shreds. But David Lee Roth jumping around like a fool so like bothered me so much. And him going like, we're going to get some leg tonight for show. Wow. Like that was so off-putting. You got to understand, like I'm a, I grew up in the school of Kurt Cobain. So David Lee Roth and, and, and Sammy Hagar and their their crystal Pepsi commercials and all that like miss me with all of it. However, in the background, I always knew that guy is clearly a virtuoso, and everybody knows eruption. Right. You know what I mean? Pound and, cake. Yeah. No, it was always. But a lot of times it was like hot for teacher. The drums were the, mm. the standout part. But it was also one a of, Van Halen. What? Alex Van Halen. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Eddie Van Halen was actually the first, the original drummer. He started out being a drummer. That's silly. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Well, Not of I, that. I don't know that he was a drummer of that band. He was a drummer. I see. I don't want to like talk ill of the dead. Just Van Halen was just never my thing. It just well, it's never, not talking ill of the dead. I mean, I mean, it's just, I just never liked it, but I always real recognize. I'm not real. Recognize real Van Halen's dope for sure. I just, it's the opposite to me. Like I said, I grew up in the school of Kurt Cobain. It's the opposite. Kurt Cobain played four chords, but I loved all four of them. This dude played every note on the neck, and I didn't care. Right. So that's like where it is for me. Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, and that same vein. Dude, they all bore me to death. I just like I just don't care about all those notes. Right. But I see it and I go, "Wow, I could with infinite amount of practice, I could never do that." I get it. Yeah. Also, stop doing it. <laughs> like that. That's where it was at for me. Yeah, but I, no, but I hear you. but I recognize him more for his partying, dude. I go, you were great at guitar, but you know what else you were good at? Being, a rock, being a rock star, dude. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The whole band. I mean, and you know what's funny is, is just like, I guess if you live in Chicago, people have this argument where they go back and forth and like, you can't be a Cubs fan and be a Sox fan. You can't be a Sox fan and be a Cubs fan. Mm. You can't hope the so- if the Sox win uh, or, or if, if, this, if the Cubs go to the playoffs and the Sox don't, you have to wish that the Cubs also lose. You know what I mean? There's right. very few people who go like, I'm a Sox fan, but hey, it's Chicago and the Cubs are in the playoffs, yeah. so let's let's cheer them on. I that's, hate to be not, that guy, but I'm one, I yeah. mean, I'm one of those people. Like, I, so, I like the Sox, but I don't cheer I against fe- the Cubs. I, I feel like... Uh, it's 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 very polarizing, right? The the love and respect for, I just I can't get over that part where David Lee Roth talks about how he's going to get with his teacher. Well, so it hold bo- on, his his monologue bothers me. So we going to get some leg, dude. It's oh. so so Sam. There's people that are Sammy people, and there's people that are David Lee Roth people. There's nobody that's a Gary Sharon person, but Sammy and Dave go back and forth, right? And yeah. at, when when, when when and Eddie, in the gutter Eddie, fall all the Montrose when, fans. When Eddie and Alex get in a fight with uh um Sammy, all of a sudden they they forget about their hatred for Dave and they bring Dave back. And at that point, probably Dave's like, I need some I'm, I'm ready to make some money. Yeah. He comes back on board until you know they remember they played the like one of the last reunions they got dude, together. I, they played like two shows and he's like they were like, Yeah, we we cannot stand this. I'd probably like, be a out. man. I'd probably be a Van Halen fan for for David Lee Roth. That guy's obnoxious. <laughs> he's an EMT, did you right now currently in the city of New York. EMTB like a basic? He's an EMT. Like he goes and gives people Is he people. doing it? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Why? what he does dude the guy's actually a very interesting person he does a lot of very interesting things but that's what he does if, if you are sick if, if, and if, you are not feeling well dude. and you live in the city of the big apple 
David Lee Roth may be coming to give you CPR if I ever or at least a put pill. a blood pressure cuff on you. If I ever choke on a pill, like you did that one time. If I ever have something happen where I slip and fall and I break something and I'm laying out in my lawn. Ben's got a bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't call him. I, the, the last thing I see before I pass into the great beyond is him going like, I was giving to my dad do. He's doing like a, a Steven Tyler thing. Him and Steve What if Perry. he gives you a glazed donut and a bottle of anything to go? All right, dude, I'm sold. Listen, my point is, so Eddie, it was very polarizing. People would say, Sammy or Dave, who are you, yeah. who are you going with? And there is no in between. You can't go, well, I mean, Sammy's songs are more like a power ballad. Ballad, like, strong you up, voice. You know, yeah. right now. Um, and then Dave was the party songs. But here's the thing. I probably like the David Lee Roth music more. I just like, yeah, I, know, sure. I know it's coming from that body. And I don't want to receive it. <laughs> Is it because he wears spandex pants with suspenders? It's because he looks like Owen Hart pre, you know, tragedy. <laughs> well, it could not Bret Hart, just Owen. Yeah, he looks like a heart. He brother. could be a heart. He looks like a heart brother. So I know I had asked you. I said, hey, you know, do you have any? Uh, mm-hmm. Could you could you look up? I got you news, know, man. some homework. Let's hear some top Eddie Van Halen stories that have. Hit the headlines over the years. I am admittedly ignorant to Van Halen a little bit. I respect his chops, but yeah. I found some cool things from Vulture.com. What some things that you might have not have known. Some things you did know. I did not know. Uh, actually, I did know. I knew that he recorded the Beat It solo from mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. Yes. Because um, that's like an infamous cool ass riff, right? What I didn't know is that he recorded it for free in half an hour. Like he... Does it say that he like listened to the track and came up with that at that point in time in that half hour, or he laid it down in that half hour, wrote it somewhere else? You know what I mean? Had the music, wrote no, it. No, I think came he and laid came in as a favor and just said, "I'm going to do my thing. I'm an artist." It said Eddie, Eddie Van Halen took less than an hour to record the electrifying solo on Michael Jackson's "Beat It," and he wasn't even paid for it, according to a 2012 CNN interview. He did it purely as a favor to producer Quincy Jones, thinking the song which would spend weeks at the top of the Billboard chart, would barely be heard. I said to myself, who's going to know that I played on this kid's record, right? Nobody's going to find out. Some accounts claim that Van Halen was compensated with a case of beer only. I mean, it's good enough, right? Oh, and he just, Quincy Jones was like, hey, did I know you killed the guitar? Can you come in and mess with something? He came in and did the most iconic riff like of that decade probably. Oh, for sure. Oh, and he arranged Beat It without MJ's permission. Nearly as impressive as the solo itself, the fact that Van Halen rearranged and improved Beat It in a matter of minutes while Michael Jackson was out of the room. As Van Halen recalled in the same CNN piece, I listened to the song, Scabadoo, and I immediately go, hey. That's David Lee Roth. Oh, right, right, right. Can I change some parts, That's still baby? David Lee, that's still David Lee oh, Roth. I turned to the engineer. How did, how did, he, how did he talk? Where's he from? Uh, I want to say they're from the East Coast, so like Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, some like New York. Still, I turn to the engineer and I go, "Okay, <laughs> from the breakdown, chop this into." That's part. Paul Stanley. Okay, that's right. That's my my Gene Simmons. So I said, "All right, chop this up, baby." Okay, from the breakdown, chop this in this part. Go to this piece, pre-chorus, blah blah blah. He basically told Quincy, "Hey, move this around, make this a little bit better." He nip tucked it. No, like you said, you don't want to speak ill of the dead, but did we hear what's Quin? Does Quincy? co-sign on this um yeah he's uh, quincy's quoted as saying hell yeah <laughs> all right that was yeah, a yeah. damn good quincy yeah yeah <laughs> he was like yeah i wish we i wish we would have i wish he would have died a little bit longer ago so we could have looked this up but i would have liked to know what the age of eddie was at the time where he was in his career and what the age of michael jackson was obviously michael jackson was a grown man or yeah. he was a full adult or he was Michael Jackson felt like a child, and Eddie mm-hmm. Van Halen didn't think numbers existed in this time. Gotcha. Eruption was only supposed to be a warm up. Track two on Van Halen's self titled debut, Eruption, is a brief face melting blast of guitar tapping that helped redefine how guitar souls would sound for the subsequent decade. Like countless other legendary tracks, it was never meant to be on the album. In a 1996 issue of Guitar Player, Eddie revealed that he was just in the studio practicing his guitar solo for an upcoming gig. Our producer, Ted Templeman, happened to walk by and asked, What's that? Let's put it on tape. 
Van Halen recalled, so I took one pass at it and they put it on the record. So, so oh, something oh, that like oh. most teenagers spent an entire summer, if not more, locked in their basement, trying endlessly, repeating, 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 trying to nail this solo. He was like, I was just messing around and did it in one take. Okay. That's so, pulling your guitar dong out and laying it on the table, bro. Let me say this. This is this is really bothersome to me as a, as a uh, below mediocre guitar player. You're telling me that this guy laid Eruption down. Mm-hmm. A producer walks by and goes, hey, what's that? That's pretty badass. And he goes, oh, I'm just messing around. He goes, cool, lay that down again exactly like you did before. And he just laid it down exactly well, like you did Well, he probably said, before. do what you did. And I, I don't know if no, it was no, exact. I, yeah. I, what I'm saying is, and I guess... He's I was like, first I, I'm going to need coke and whores, baby. I, I love Dave Mustaine. I love Kirk Hammett. And oftentimes, mm-hmm. and I've said this on the podcast before, when you hear a Metallica song and you're like, how is there like four bridges, nine choruses, uh, a couple of different hooks in every song, it doesn't even make sense how they sat down and wrote this song and then how they can play it live and hit every beat. It just does not make sense to me. Note for note, Slash is much the same way. Yeah. So I want to give him his, his just due. But this is what's irritating to me because it's like, like you said, you know, you get Guitar Player in Magazine and you get the tablet. Eddie you, Vedder, you too. Get that Eddie's ab- like, I just opened my mouth and I started going, oh, hi. And, <laughs> you know, okay. like, and the producer walked by and was like, hey, do that again. And I was like, hey, oh, So the entire summer, <laughs> you are trying to learn Eruption because you yeah. got that Guitar Player Magazine yeah. and, the, and the tablature came out. You want to start tapping. Yeah, and you're like, okay, what's a T and what's a P? Those are new things. And you got to go up in the tablature and go, okay, so a T is a tap and a P is or, or an it's H and a P, hammer on, pull yeah. off. And then, uh, you know, a half bend and a quarter mm-hmm. bend. And so you figure all this out and you got your metronome going. And like you said, and then you're like, hey, let me show you how to play this. And you start playing it and you tell your buddy, you're like, well, wait, wait, hold on. And then you start playing it again. You're like, wait, but wait, hold on. And then you go, you start playing it again. You're like, well, wait, you go, hold no, on. dude, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And then you're like, okay, hey, you guys want to leave and go play some sandlot baseball? But yeah. the fact of the matter is, is this guy just lays the, this face melter down without any issue. And they're like, hey, that's pretty great. And he's like, let me do it again. And then he goes, hey, on top of that, which you haven't read yet, I got this other thing. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Maybe pound cake. I'm going to bring out a drill. If anyone's got one laying around, I'm going to take it across the neck of my guitar. I'm going to use the horns from my car. I'm going to rip them out. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Van Halen is quoted as saying, so I took one pass at it and they recorded it and they put it right on the record. Oh, fuck you. I didn't even play it right. There's a mistake There's a mistake oh. at the top end of it. Yeah, I heard it. I could point it out. <laughs> to this day, whenever I hear it, I always think, man, I could have played it better. So that got left in. And then when he goes, we're going to get some leg tonight for sure. I'm wondering. Nobody stepped in and said, that's a bad idea. It wasn't him. Uh, yeah, but still. Is that where they're saying, like, could we track the hammer-on pull-off solo style to that date? Is that what they're saying? This yeah, is where yeah. it becomes prolific. We're going to... That was the day the fudge was packed. Okay. What else How about got? this? He buried his original Bumblebee guitar with Dimebag Daryl. The late Pantera guitarist Dimebag Daryl idolized Van Halen and reportedly listened to their music before every show. Daryl even got to meet Eddie Van Halen for the first time in 2004, hanging out with the legend during a sound check at a Van Halen show in Texas. Just months later, on December 8, 2004, Daryl was murdered by a crazed fan while performing with his band Damage Plan. Shortly before his death, he'd expressed interest in ba 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 The day never arrived, but when Daryl's body was being prepared for burial in a kiss casket, and it comes full circle, we call this a love gun, I guarantee baby. you he, they paid for that. <laughs> We're going to put you in the bath casket we can afford. Eddie placed his original black and yellow Bumblebee guitar, pictured on the back cover of Van Halen 2, right in the casket with him. Hmm. How about that? I mean, Dude, it's how kind about of that? a bummer you get the guitar, but you're dead. Yeah. Not only are you dead, you were shot dead mid He was like, enjoy this <laughs> in the next... How long before? You think it was like you ever seen the movies where they they show a car that does a flip 
and then the bottom of the car you realize is completely gutted. My dad used to always pause it and point it out. He's like, there's no, see how they gutted this car and it has like a, a hook here where they pulled it on a truck. Do you think Eddie took all the hardware out of there? He's like, I'm not going to, I'm taking the DiMarzio pickups out. I'm taking the double locking trim system out. I'm putting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm putting the, so the Fender, Mexican Fender Strat uh, yeah. body or parts back in. I'm guessing, how long does it take cocaine to wear off? Uh, it was about from that what I've heard, ten minutes. Okay, so it was about ten quick. minutes before he went. Dude, did I really put that in there? <laughs> there was an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where remember the guy was buried with Larry's golf club. <laughs> yes, yes, Funkhauser. <laughs> yeah, Funk, uh, Funkhauser. Yeah, yeah. Right. he once turned a car horn into a musical instrument. Eddie Van Halen's gear rig was legendary. Yada 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 yada. In 1978, he created the eerie slow motion squealing at the beginning of Running with the Devil. With the help of actual car horns, mm. we took the horns out of all of our cars. My brother's Opal, my old Volvo, ripped a couple out of a Mercedes and a Volkswagen. We mounted them in a box and hooked two car batteries to it, and we added a foot switch, he explained in a 1980 interview. We just used them as noisemakers before we got signed. Ted put it on tape, slowed it down, and then we came in with the bass. And I said, that ain't no pistol! <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, so that's kind of cool. I always like hearing those weird studio, like... I remember somebody taught me uh, years ago, and I don't remember where they learned it from. If you take, I think it's an RF, like remote control for your TV, and you point it at your pickups, you'll it, it, you'll get an effect sound. Like you'll be able to hear what the, the remote sounds like when it's oh, really? communicating. Yeah, try it. Yeah, I'm just it's trying... It's not that great. I'm you trying really to use it in my, a song unless you're like Devo or something, but... Uh, the cosmic link between Eddie Van Halen and Bill and Ted. Uh, bop, bop, bop. Ted wears a Van Halen shirt throughout that film. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, Van Halen himself was offered the role of Rufus, the wise and time-traveling guide played by the infamous and my George favorite, Carlin. George Carlin. But he turned it down. After hearing of the guitarist's death, screenwriter producer Ed Solomon expressed his condolences on Twitter. Bop, 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 bop. Well, here's the thing. So, no. so they talk about him throughout that whole movie, and he was actually going to be Rufus. But he's like, nah, I'm good, dude. And again, I know we don't like to speak ill of the dead, but I, I, from everything I've known and every time I've seen him, whether it's been on Howard Stern or wherever I've seen Eddie, he doesn't seem like the most charismatic and likable, nice person. No. So I don't know, you know, George Carlin, he is not. There's a reason David Lee Roth won out <laughs> that gig. All right. And lastly, check out this. The time Van Halen destroyed the seventh floor of a Sheraton Inn. In the liner notes of 1979's Van Halen 2, the band thanks the Sheridan Inn, 7th floor in parentheses. This dedication stems from some old-fashioned debauchery when the band stayed at the Sheraton Inn in Madison, Wisconsin during their 78 tour with Journey. We destroyed the entire 7th floor of the Sheridan Inn. We threw out TVs out into the snow from the 7th floor. Oh, very Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, minus the... uh, the, the fresh caught fish in a 1996 interview with Billy Corgan. He described how he got revenge. I went down to the desk and I said, my name is David Lee Roth, baby. Can I Eddie have Van Halen said this? Yeah. Yeah. He said, can I have the key to my room? I went to his room and I grabbed the, t- and I grabbed the table and chair and I put them in mine. So when the cops came and looked in my room, I said, Hey, there's no screen in here, but there's a table and a chair. It couldn't have been me. So he framed David Lee Roth. Oh, that's terrible. And he once that's probably what started he once all this was an SNL musical guest just because he happened to be in the building. Um, his wife and actress Valerie Bertinelli was the host that evening, and director G. E. Smith convinced Van Halen to join the house band and jam with them. Let me ask you this: So he just jumps in, and he was like, "Boom!" Was were you surprise. were you also equally annoyed by G. E., the faces G. E. Smith made when playing his instrument? Was that the white dude with the ponytail? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, not annoyed, but I was just like, I don't like that. That blues guitar uh, face that people uh, have to make. I don't like it. I like, I think it comes from like a place of pain. If I don't think you, and if you're playing the blues, I don't think you earn that pain. It's if you're this, a white guy, it's almost the same way that Max Weinberg effortlessly plays drums in the, the way you're supposed to play drums, He's you know, with the, turn, with the turnover sticks. Yeah. You know, like buddy rich, classic pl- grip. Yeah. Like buddy rich plays like the right way. Yeah, like and you're that like, thing oh, you well, do. Max Weinberg is the drummer of the E Street Band, clearly one of the greatest drummers of our generation. Yeah, but is. when you, it's almost like when you, he's just being, and I don't know that he is, but his face looks smarmy, like, yeah, I'm playing drums right and I'm still doing it really well. Yeah. I don't like that about you. I don't like that about you, Max Weinberg. Although you are Blood of Abraham, I still. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not a fan of that that yeah. move. That movie. So I uh, that's I learned everything I know about Van Halen today. I respect the shit out of the guy. But uh, I, I still will probably not listen to a bunch of Van Halen. My favorite Van Halen memories are hanging out with um, my brother-in-law, Mike, when he was still around. R.I.P. Mike. And we would hot rod in his cool-ass cars. And we would... You'd think that would be enough to sway me. But, like, I, I saw the power of it. We'd drive around in his hot rod. Mike was big and had muscles and was cool and jammed Van Halen. And I knew at least this ain't. Maybe this isn't for you. Understand that this shit it kicks ass. Tell me what it felt like, and I'm gonna uh, build a scene here for me. I get in the car, am sitting. It's got in some the Panama going. Back seat, and he lets me sit in the front seat because he don't care about danger. What's baby. he driving? Uh, Cam Camaro, IROC, whatever. <laughs> you were gonna say a Camry, and I was gonna say, yeah, can we at hybrid. least spruce it up a little bit? Sensible hybrid. <laughs> no, this is we're, we're talking like the late. Did you say El Camino? <laughs> no, no, Camaro. <laughs> we're talking like the late '80s. So uh, I think it was a Camaro Firebird. I, I was a kid. I just know it was like super, like super. It was like a muscle car. You know what I mean? It was a hot rod or whatever. You're the only outsider that doesn't know cars. And by outsider, I mean the kid lives on the other side of the tracks with the dirty clothes and grease. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're <laughs> contrary to popular belief, not all white trash knows about cars. All right. I'm proof. That of is that. contrary yeah. to popular belief. Yeah. No. For sure. Did the car have louvers or not? It had to, have, right? Because huh? like the louver windows on the back. He never even looked at me weird. What are you saying? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Those black like metal louvers that they have on the like the windows. Oh, like the... like sh- like shades and yes. drapes. Yeah, you ever seen those? No, nah, I didn't have those. Okay, but you know what they? It are. wasn't a Fiero. Okay. <laughs> nah, it was. I think it was a Camaro. All right. So I think it was a Camaro. It was super dope, and he would take me to the Woodmar Arcade, which, again, common misnomer was not in the Woodmar Mall. It was adjacent. It was Caddy Corner mm-hmm. or Kitty Corner if you like felines. It was Kitty Corner to that, and it was called the Woodmar Arcade. And this, this dude? Would he do donuts or brodies or burnouts or dude, neutral all drops? Those, all those, yeah. <laughs> all those in the parking lot. And when the cops would see him, he would go, eh, he'd stick out his tongue and he'd throw a, a natty ice at him. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't catch him. You'd have to switch from Van Halen to Kiss at that point when he was trying to get away. But. Yeah, he would go, that ain't no pistol, baby. And he would put it into overdrive. But this dude did a power move. After listening to Van Halen, we walked into Woodmar Arcade. He... I didn't know those machines that spit out tokens took $20 bills. <laughs> they did. Oh, bro. Mike walks up and puts a 20 in there. Oh my god, dude. And again, did you get the little felt sack for your coins? The little, yeah, the little dude. Ball bag? Of course. They just kept coming. The the tokens I'd never seen anything like it. This was like the first Thanksgiving when the Indians were just like this food just keeps showing up. Mm. Maybe the pilgrims were like that, I don't know. But people were happy to see a lot of stuff. That's how it felt when I listened to Van Halen. I uh, and I still I'm didn't seeing like it, the band. So what is I mean? Come on, dude. I guess you know, as a like as a lifelong lover of guitar playing, that's what I'm gonna call myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I should be more upset about it because of you know obviously the guy the guy definitely made a contribution that's unmatched. You know he did his thing. Yeah. It's specific to him. Um, well, when Post Malone passes in a few weeks, I'll be very <laughs> devastated. And I'll do it much, much more. I felt bad that I didn't feel worse. Let's just say that. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Van Halen as a band, but I would say at, there was a time when I was. There was a time it. when Van Halen... I had made this argument the other day. We were talking about Lady Gaga, me and my wife, and I said, I don't... I, so many people, not with, not with, sleep on Madonna. What I mean by that is, mm. and people have slept with her, but a They've lot slept of like, on in with her. When I was yeah. growing up, everybody and Elvis was dead already. You know, when I knew when I when I was conscious enough to know who Elvis was, he'd already been dead. Sleep on, but people Donna. were. I remember watching documentaries where people were like, you know, Elvis is still alive, and I, you know, people have seen Elvis, and people were had paintings of Elvis, and people were still Elvis crazy. At this point in twenty twenty, Kamala, Kamala Harris still thinks Tupac's alive. Nobody talks about Elvis. Nobody, Elvis is never brought up. Prince is really not even. Every that once in a while, anymore. when you talk about cultural appropriation, he comes up. What I'm, but I mean, like it's not like where people are like Elvis crazy anymore. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. he's sort of gone, right? Yeah. And I feel like so many pop stars. Madonna was the first, like, in my of my of our time to be that huge because 
Elvis was big, but they didn't have MTV in Elvis's time. Madonna was Michael the Jackson. The birth of Madonna, MTV I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Madonna yeah. was huge. And I just go like, you could go through Madonna's um, Spotify, and it'll you know it on Spotify it'll list like the top most downloaded hits of each artist. So and I'm many just like, hits. Dude, Madonna is is just a juggernaut. It's crazy. And I can go back and listen to those top ten Madonna hits now oh. as a forty. Three uh-huh. year old man, and I'm still like, dude, Madonna is great. Like, all without Madonna having to stuff. know how to sing, all of that. Well, I I sing. No, not the, you, her. Well, both of us. Yeah. I sing in the same uh, cadence as her. Okay, or she sings in the same cadence. When you're saying as me. like, open your heart <laughs> to me. You guys are both like. We turn it up really loud so no one knows which one of us is actually singing and which words are being said. Yeah. But you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder how long it will take and if or are we already there to where people, even guitar players, young guitar players are going like, hey, I, I'm, I like to, I'm listening to Dimebag. He's dead too. But the fact is, is he's more contemporary. Like, do but people. But I mean, where are you going with this? I'm just saying, do, is, is Eddie already forgotten before today and are we just remembering eddie because he died and we're like hey man some of us older people remember eddie and 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 good on you but is it will how will his legacy carry on or did his legacy already stop before he passed no it it you understand what i'm saying yeah it will it's just that each generation has their own music and then i don't know i mean i think people of our generation still argue guitar players would still go like oh you know Jimi hendrix one of the best guitar players or yeah arguably the best guitar player some people I think say that eddie van halen's with them yeah he's certainly like you know what i mean like all those people that died at 27 he's like at that diner just old and like yeah, I don't yelling know. Yelling at them in the corner going, keep it down. Why is everybody smoking so much? I mean, so I would argue that Steve Vai, Yngwie Melmstein, uh, Blues Sarsidio. Stevie Vai was guys. his own thing. Stevie Ray Vaughan. No, but Steve Vai yes. was his own thing. Yeah. Because in, in this Camaro, my sister had a big <laughs> box full of cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. And I would look at them and being my being raised the way I was, I didn't know these names, but I remember seeing Stevie Vai a lot. And Joe Santriani? No. Okay. Stevie Vai a lot. And, uh, God bless. I can't think of that other, there's one on the tip of my tongue, but it was a weird band that like, I've never heard anybody play since, but there was like eight of them, like fresh air or something. Well, my point is, is those guys to me are just as prolific as far as being able body, amazing guitar players. But, they don't get a seat at that table. I think Eddie Van Halen's going to have to seat at any table, guitar-wise, that he wants. And it, him is the exception. Like, yeah, Stevie Vai or like Joe Satriani, I don't know. You have to be a real guitar nut for those guys. Mm-hmm. But every, like I said, I don't listen to Van Halen. But I go, that dude's alive wherever he and, wants. And you know what? Just like if you heard a song, you could easily pick it out and go, oh, yeah, that's that's Kurt Cobain. You don't even have to be a fan of Nirvana. If you've heard Nirvana, Eddie Vedder, a lot of these guys, Michael Stipe, they have their own specific style, and you're like, oh, that's REM, or mm-hmm. that's you know whoever. And those other guys, you could probably interchange like, oh, well, that's this guitar player, that guitar player, but he yeah. has his own. Like when I hear the singer from Creed, I go, there it is. <laughs> with, ar- with arms wide open. There it is. But Our... I guess when you listen to Eddie Van Halen, you're like, it's, it's distinctly Eddie Van Halen. No matter what the song is, you can tell, which is odd, like just his guitar tone and, and the way he played. And why it's so cool is that it is a somewhat level playing field, right? Everyone gets this guitar and they go, do what you can do with it. Right. And that guy does his thing with it. And everyone in the world instantly goes, oh, that must be that guy. Right. That means like you, it makes you a guitar god, man. Yeah. For sure. Guitar god. That's episode 263 of the Hammer Man podcast. We'll see you next time later. Cast is killing me, and I can't fight back. Just five more minutes, I'll be fine. I do it all the time. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. My head is lost up in the clouds. It's a long way back down. Just one more hour, I'll be all right.